Welcome to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, a bi-weekly look at all things related to the growing elite clubs nationally, the ECNL. For more information on the ECNL, visit us at www.theecnl.com. Now, here's your host for Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, former U.S. soccer press officer and longtime soccer broadcaster, Dean Linke. Without question, the biggest ever ECNL coaching symposium took place a couple of weeks ago out in Las Vegas, where once again, the speakers and presenters were off the chart. We'll be bringing you the speakers here on Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast over the next several months. And we start by bringing you two of them from just a couple of weeks ago as we double down on Drew's beginning with Super Bowl MVP quarterback Drew Brees. At the core, what is leadership? It's the ability to motivate and inspire. One of the greatest comments that I've ever heard made was by Dan Cathy. He's the chairman for Chick-fil-A. said that Chick-fil-A is really a leadership development company that's moonlighting. It's a chicken QSR. And so I'd say to ECNL, they are a leadership development company that's moonlighting as an elite soccer organization. So if you look at it like that and you approach each and every day like, man, I have the ability to impact not just the people that I work with, but the kids that I coach. That's a great thing. And ECNL Chief Medical Advisor, Dr. Drew Watson, conducting an extensive research program to make sure everybody in the ECNL is protected. The reason I work with the ECNL is because they share the value of those sort of big aspirational goals, and it's why I dedicate so much of my time and attention to the things that I do with the league. Drew Brees, Dr. Drew Watson, on this week's Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. And we start with Drew Brees after this message from the ECNL. As the game continues to evolve in the United States, the ECNL remains the standard of excellence in youth soccer. The Elite Clubs National League has grown to include over 200 clubs and nearly 50,000 players across the country. With a robust competition platform for teams, educational resources for coaches and clubs, and unparalleled identification and development opportunities for players. Alongside its member clubs, collaborating to create a better future, the ECNL continues to raise the game every day. The ECNL is more than a league. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Once again, here's Dean. As I mentioned in the open just two weeks ago, the ECNL brought you the amazing ECNL coaching symposium powered by U.S. Club Soccer, which took place January 16 and 17 at Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada. This industry-leading educational event featured experts from around the world on a variety of subject matters, with presentations covering technical and tactical concepts, leadership and personal development, club and organizational development, and so much more. Attendees had the opportunity to collaborate with fellow leaders and coaches, share ideas and best practices, and return to their clubs with ideas to innovate and push the game forward. Over the years, the ECNL has reached outside of soccer to bring in big-time presenters, and it was no different at this event as a key speaker was Drew Brees. Drew Brees is the 2009 Super Bowl MVP winning quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. A native of Austin, Texas, Drew Brees attended Purdue University, where he earned a bachelor's degree in industrial management from the prestigious Cranet School of Management, was a two-time Heisman finalist, and led the Boilermakers to a Big Ten championship 
and Rose Bowl appearance during the 2000 season. In that same year, he won the Maxwell Award as the nation's top collegiate player, as well as being named Academic All-American Player of the Year and was a recipient of the National Football Foundation's Postgraduate Scholarship. In Breeze's five years with the San Diego Chargers and 15 years with New Orleans Saints, he was elected to 13 Pro Bowls while being named 2004 Comeback Player of the Year, 2006 All-Pro, 2006 Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year, 2008 and 2011 NFL Offensive Player of the Year, and a Super Bowl champion and MVP. Off the field, Drew and his wife Brittany established the Breeze Dream Foundation in 2003 and have contributed more than $50 million to help improve the quality of life for cancer patients and provide care, education, and opportunities for children and families in need. Drew Breeze has also proudly participated in five USO trips, visiting Kuwait, Iraq, Afghanistan, Germany, Turkey, Dubai, Okinawa, and Guantanamo Bay. Breeze currently serves on the board of directors for multiple franchise companies, C3 Bank and Pioneer Sports. He has been a strong advocate for advancing the opportunities for youth through sports, including co-founding a youth flag football league called Football in America that hosts leagues, tournaments, and clinics nationwide. Drew Breeze, thanks for being part of the ECNL Coaching Symposium and AGM, and welcome to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Great to have you with us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Along the way, he has crossed paths with the president and CEO of the ECNL, Christian Lavers, and Christian told us all that he thought Drew Brees would be able to make it, and indeed he did. With that, Drew, delighted to have you here, and if you're like me, I'm sure you're impressed right away with the kind of leader that Christian Labors is. Yeah, he's he's one of the sharpest guys that I've been around too. And I think more so than that, you, you can tell he's got a, a heart for youth sports and continuing to advance all the benefits that that provides, um, certainly within the realm of soccer. To have a chance to have been around him and be in strategic conversations with him, just in and around youth sports and, and just providing you know the best in class services and experiences that we can for our youth. Obviously, he's focused on soccer. I'm focused a lot on youth flag football, but really just kind of multi-sport and the opportunity that youth sports provides to develop our future leaders. I mean, honestly, I think that that's something that we, we constantly have to think of is how youth sports develops our, our next generation. Yeah, he was crystal clear right away that your connection was with youth sports. And I almost feel like, Drew, he said it was bigger than flag football. I know you have a bunch of kids. I felt like he said there were some other sports you got your eye on as well. It might have been volleyball. I can't remember, but are there some other sports as well? My kids are, are playing football, basketball, baseball. They've played soccer. They've you know, played golf. You know, I get them out playing pickleball. I, I mean, just honestly, I, I try to get keep them as active <laughs> as possible and playing sports, playing with teams. Those are I think for all of us, some of our greatest memories, you know, as a kid, and I think some of the most impactful moments as well. So the more that I can keep them in competitive situations and just learning skill sets and being part of teams is, is great. It's great to be here with Drew Brees. I got to believe a surefire NFL Hall of Famer as he talks about the importance of leadership and youth sports. We'll be back with more Drew Brees as he breaks down his presentation that he gave a couple weeks ago at the ECNL Coaches Symposium and AGM. 
Soccer.com is proud to partner with the ECNL to support the continued development of soccer in the U.S. at the highest levels. We've been delivering quality soccer equipment and apparel to players, fans, and coaches since 1984. Living and breathing the beautiful game ourselves, our goal at Soccer.com is to inspire you to play better, cheer louder, and have more fun. Visit Soccer.com today to check out our unmatched selection of gear, expert advice, and stories of greatness at every level of the game. All right, Drew, they kind of keep me in the corner over here as it's one podcast after another, but what was your main focus of everything you had to say to the over 700 people here? What was your main message? Yeah, I, you know, honestly, I think the most important thing is just the power of mentorship. Okay. Um, I think, especially for so many people in the room, you know, whether you're a club director, you're a coach, or kind of wearing multiple hats, you're constantly in positions where you're looked at to lead. At the core, what is leadership? It's the ability to motivate and inspire and to show people that you care about them, you care about their hopes, their dreams, and you're going to do whatever you can to help them achieve those things. And certainly through the realm of youth sports, that's very applicable. But you know, beyond that too is, I think we look at what we're trying to develop in these kids. Yes, there's a youth sports experience that you want them to carry with them the rest of their life. Yes, there's a community engagement aspect in the way that youth sports interact with their communities. You're developing future leaders. If you look at it like that, you know, one of the one of the greatest comments that I've ever heard made was by a gentleman named Dan Cathy. He's the chairman for Chick-fil-A. And Dan Cathy said that Chick-fil-A is really a, a leadership development company that's moonlighting as a, as a chicken, <laughs> as a chicken uh, QSR, you know, and, and so I'd say to ECNL, you know, uh, they are a leadership development company and it's moonlighting as an elite soccer organization, you know. Yeah. Um, so if you look at it like that and you approach each and every day like, man, I have the ability to impact not just the people that I work with, but the kids that I coach, that's, that's, a, that's a great thing. Since you were talking about the importance of mentorship, Drew, I'm going to put you on the spot. Who are some key mentors that turn you into such an elite-level athlete and now even post-football an elite-level leader? Yeah, I've had quite a few. Played four years of college football, 20 years of, of NFL football. You know, I had three coaches during that time. Wow. Uh, you know, Joe Tiller was, was very influential for me in college at Purdue University for four years. Marty Schonheimer, tough old school, hard-nosed football coach with the San Diego Chargers, and, and then Sean Payton for 15 years with New Orleans Saints. And yeah, they were my head coach, you know, but but man, they were my they were a mentor as well. Todd Durkin was a guy who trained me for 18 years, pretty much throughout my entire career in San Diego, California. He trained me for the physical, you know, needs and demands of the sport. But so much of it was also, I think, mental and spiritual. Tom House was another name, you know, coming from the world of baseball. I was kind of his first football guy. He was more, I think, influential for me um, than, than just about anybody as well. And so those are some guys that, you know, along the way, probably at least twice a week, I'm talking to any number of them um, just to garner advice, wisdom, maybe even to bring me back down to earth at times, you know, <laughs> you know, when times are good. So... You need those people in your life. And one of the things that we always remember about you, Drew Brees, is win or lose, you had your kids on the field. And you already talked about the fact that one of the big reasons why you're in youth sports is because your kids, uh, can you talk about to, where are your kids right now? How old are they? What are they up to? What are they doing? They're doing a little bit of everything. I've always believed, you know, that there's, there's a season for everything, right? In the fall, they are diehard football, right? And it's not just the football that they're playing, but it's fantasy football, <laughs> you know, <laughs> with their buddies, right? right? You know, they've got college teams that they follow. They've got NFL teams that they follow. You know, they want to get on and play like Madden, right? You sure. know, the video game Madden. Sure. And 
you can create your own teams made up of like legendary players as well. And, and like, honestly, I, I don't, as much as I want to keep them off screens, like that, that is one thing I appreciate in that they, they actually are like building teams with salary caps, <laughs> but that involve players from across all generations of the game, right? So they, so like they know who, you know, Otto Graham or Dick Knight Train Lane or like, you know, Franco Harris or like, like wow. they know these guys, you know? Yeah. Which, I mean, most kids nowadays, like you would say those names, they'd be like, who? No you know? clue. Right. Yeah. So, so there's an appreciation for just the history of the game that comes from, you know, just their love of it. But like, yeah, falls football, you know, typically winters is basketball. Uh, the spring is baseball, lacrosse. Um, and then there's a little bit of other stuff mixed in there as well. It's, it's soccer, it's track, it's pickleball, it's golf. It's basically whatever I can drag them outside to do. You know, we just kind of we'll, we'll get on these kicks where it's just, you know, something for a few weeks. That's a great answer and one that I'm not surprised based on seeing you on the field. Drew, I don't know if you're going to be able to remember exactly, but usually the superstars of the NFL, particularly with all the success of the U.S. women, particularly in 2015 and 19, which was you know right in the middle of your heyday, somewhere, somehow you crossed paths with an elite-level soccer player. Did that ever happen? Did you ever have the chance to run into a Mia Hamm or anybody like yeah. that in some of the things you're doing? What do you remember about that? I do. We're in San Diego right now. So I remember last year actually going down and, and meeting Alex Morgan for the nice. first time. Um, she was training down at, at, the, at the Del Mar Fields that, that are right, right below us. And she plays for the, the Wave, the NWSL team, the Wave. And so been out there to watch her and her team play quite a bit. She's obviously, you know, a huge inspiration to, to so many um, young people out there and has accomplished so much. Uh, shoot, yeah. I, I mean, those, honestly, probably watching, you know, those – the, the women's national teams from the late 90s all the way till now. I mean, like you think about that run of just amazing uh, women's teams competing in the Olympics, the World Cup, so many different eras and generations throughout that, you know, like, like I, I remember when, you know, Alex Morgan was was a young player and Abby Wambach was kind of like, you yeah. know, like the, 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 the face of the team, Absolutely. the leader, like the, you know, and then all of a sudden, like the, the, the young one becomes, you know, kind of the, the, the superstar, you know, it's just it's that evolution of like what happens on every team. Right. You you kind of start off as maybe kind of the the young up and comer, maybe the role player. And all of a sudden you become the starter. And now all of a sudden you're the captain and the star, you know. And so that generation of, of, of soccer has been pretty special. Everybody that knows you knows you've always carried yourself in the most professional manner. And you've already said that you recognize that the ECNL is at a different level. I respect you saying that. I love the fact that the listenership for this podcast is growing, Drew, and I love that it's growing with the actual players. So you know what it takes to become one of the best, right? I mean, I figure that uh, you're going to be in the Hall of Fame. You maybe already are. Are you already? Have you already? Is no, it, no, no. Okay. All right. You're going to get there. I know that. So it's kind of general, but what is your message to the youngsters out there that need to know what it takes to make it to the highest level? That's my final question for you, and I'd love to hear it from you. Yeah. I'd say this. Don't be afraid of challenges. Don't be afraid of adversity. Don't get frustrated when you don't get what you want right away. You know, we live in a, I think, in a, in a world that where it's trying to feed you that, hey, you know, if, if it gets hard, you can always go somewhere else and do something else, right? Like, um, I would say that if you look at anybody who's reached any level of success, there were moments where they were knocked down. 
and they experience failure. And they might have even experienced like significant injury or setbacks or moments where it would have been easy to hit the reset button and bail and go do something else or escape the struggle. But the struggle is necessary, right? Like I repeat, the struggle is necessary in order for you to get to where you want to get. So in this world where we kind of want everything to be really comfortable and like, are you okay? Like it's okay (laughs) to face challenges and to not get what you want right away. It's okay to really have to work your butt off for something and maybe even feel like your dreams being ripped away from you because that's just going to develop a sense of gratitude and appreciation for when you do accomplish what your ultimate goal is. Brilliant answer. I encourage everyone listening to check out the Drew Brees story because he had real life struggles, real life injuries and came out on the other end as a Super Bowl MVP. And as I said, I think a surefire Hall of Famer. Drew Brees, I know you had a busy schedule. We promised 10 minutes. We're right at 10 minutes. Thank you so much for being on the ECNL podcast. Yeah, great to be with you. Thanks. All right, the great Drew Brees as we double down with Drew's coming up. Chief Medical Officer for the ECNL, Dr. Drew Watson, after this message. From athletes just starting to turn heads to some of the best athletes to ever play their games, Gatorade shows that they are the proven fuel of the best. For the athletes who give everything, nothing beats Gatorade, the studied, tested, and proven fuel of the ECNL. Nike is a proud sponsor of ECNL Girls. Nothing can stop what we can do together to bring positive change to our communities. You can't stop sport because hashtag you can't stop our voices. Follow Nike on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, incredible evergreen material around the amazing 2024 ECNL Coaching Symposium and AGM held in Las Vegas where their list of speakers was unbelievable. And over the next few weeks, you'll hear from all of the speakers right here on Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. And that will include a repeat visitor, one that we always enjoy talking to. That's Dr. Drew Watson, who is the ECNL medical advisor. He is an associate professor in the departments of orthopedics and rehabilitation, pediatrics and kinesiology at the University of Wisconsin School of Medicine and Public Health and a team physician for Badger Athletics. He is board certified in pediatrics and sports medicine, serves as the head team physician for Forward Madison FC and earned his U.S. Soccer A license in 2001. He also directs the University of Wisconsin Human Performance Lab, conducting research in both pediatric exercise, physiology, injury prediction, and the impacts of injuries on well-being and mental health in youth and collegiate athletes. And Dr. Drew Watson, welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Thanks, Dean. It's always great to talk with you. Okay. Well, you actually spoke before Drew Brees sat down with Christian Labors, your good friend, my good friend, and did the interview. What was the name of your topic, Drew? What did you cover? Yeah, so I talked about the ways that we're going to be trying to expand research within the operations of the ECNL. And what I talked about today was specifically some of the things that we're building out to try and prevent injuries within our operations in the league, as well as ways that we're going to start integrating and embedding research into the league to try and address mental health issues in athletes. Okay, so you are not slowing down on an issue that we can't slow down as it relates to mental health and 
it's not going to slow down because we still have these ridiculous phones and all of these social media platforms. Not that that's the only reason, but none of it helps, right? Yeah, I think this is going to be, unfortunately, an issue that we're dealing with for a long time. We Last year when I was here, I sort of laid some of the groundwork about where athletes are from a mental health standpoint as we're emerging out of COVID. And this year really tried to talk about that, but talk about ways that we're going to try and help the athletes within the ECNL. Some of the programming that we're going to try and do to not only get a sense of what the state of the league is for our players and for that matter for our coaches with respect to mental health issues so that we can identify the groups that seem to be the, the greatest risk and so that we can identify the risk factors that we can potentially intervene to reduce. And so this is a really big undertaking. It involves surveying athletes multiple times a year in terms of things like anxiety and depression, post-traumatic stress, quality of life, a whole host of potential risk factors for those sorts of issues, and then leveraging that information to develop interventions that we can deliver back to players and figuring out if the things that we do are working. This is really, to me, sort of the idealized research program is to have access to the sort of players we interact with in the ECNL, but to actually be able to evaluate whether the things that we do to help them actually makes a difference and to continue to develop an iterative and kind of self-sustaining and evolving research program that just becomes part of the way that the ECNL operates. Wow, that's fantastic. And it's real because... Clearly, you're sending out through these surveys and everything you're doing with the programming trigger points that then allow you to say, we need to do an intervention here. When it gets to that point, how does that work? Does it include you? Does it include the club? Who gets involved? Yeah, I, th I think the most important point about this that I tried to drive home right at the end of the discussion this morning was that all of this is truly collaborative, right? The ECNL exists to serve its members. And all of the things that we do from an athlete health and performance standpoint are really intended to deliver information to clubs, interventions to clubs that they can leverage to help the players that they serve. So exactly what that intervention looks like will depend on the data that we collect and what we see from the athletes within our organization, but it will surely be collaborative with clubs and it will surely be rolled out in a way that allows us to help the coaches and staff that interact with players and families all the time deliver something that will potentially help the mental health of their athletes, not just for mental health as its own outcome. One of the things we talked about at length in the conversation this morning was that mental health is important, but it pervades all these different elements of being an athlete. It has impacts on illness risk, injury risk, performance. It has impacts on things like burnout and attrition from sport. So we're really trying to develop a collaborative framework where we work with clubs in order to help the players and for that matter, the staff within those clubs address these issues early and potentially have a way to reach them that we other, that otherwise they may not have. We're here with Dr. Drew Watson. I probably call about 200 soccer games a year at every level from high school to ECNL to college to pro to even international. And every game, I will definitely call out a massive save from a big-time goalkeeper. To me, a bigger save would be if you got the trigger points for the intervention and you save someone. Would you agree with that? What would it mean, even if it was just one person, that through this new programming that you, quote, save someone? Yeah, I mean, surely if you're able to develop an intervention that helps one person avoid dying of suicide, then all that you've done has been worth it. Now, 
this is a massive project, right? I mean, the sort of undertaking that it takes to collect enough data to really feel confident about the risk factors that are influencing your athletes, developing an intervention that you expect will impact those risk factors, delivering it, and then seeing your impact, that's a very long process. And I don't want to say that we're putting anything off, but just setting the table that this is a massive undertaking that we expect to be part of what we do in the league for years. But if you do it right, and you really collect the right data and you really make the right decisions about how to evaluate the impact that you have, then you really are probably making a big difference in the way that players who interact with the ECNL are affected in terms of their mental health, potentially identifying players who might not otherwise have sought care, potentially even giving them resources they can use to not only identify that they have an issue, but seek the care that they might need in order to address it. I love listening to you because you always say kind of key words and you said massive undertaking. And I think back to the early days of ECNL just forming this league and hearing the stories about Christian Labors and Doug Bracken writing things down on a napkin. And now here we are today at the ECNL coaching symposium with 750 ECNL coaches or director of coachings or CEOs. I mean, a lot of important people. I'm not quite sure when you entered the fray, Dr. Watson, but I know you're really, really smart. I mean, it is amazing how much this league has grown. Can you touch on that? Yeah, one of the kind of overarching themes I tried to really drive home in the talk this morning was that I individually find extraordinary value in big aspirational goals. I talked about a couple ways that that ripples through my life personally, but that clearly aligns me with the ECNL. The idea that you could start out in 2009 with, I think, like 40 clubs and say something like, we're going to become the best youth soccer organization and league in the world. I mean, it's almost outrageous on its face, but those sort of big aspirational goals, I think, are so important because they put a stake in the ground and they allow you to be accountable to do the work along the path to reach the goal you're trying to get to. That is, to me, exactly what we're talking about from this research program. We're talking about building out the sort of research infrastructure that really doesn't exist within youth sports in order to make impacts on young athletes that, in my opinion, really haven't been done. That's a really big deal. It's going to be a ton of hard work. It's going to sort of change its shape and its format over time. But saying it out loud and saying this is what we're going to do and this is what we're going to start delivering to the clubs and the ways that we're going to try and help, that really is the first step toward doing something big and very aspirational. And the reason I work with the ECNL is because they share the value of those sort of big aspirational goals. And it's why I dedicate so much of my time and attention to the things that I do with the league. A double dose of Drews will be back with our final segment with Dr. Drew Watson after this message from an ECNL sponsor. The ECNL is pleased to announce Quick Goal as the official goal provider and partner for ECNL Girls and ECNL Boys, a new partnership created to support the growth and development of the country's top players, clubs, and coaches. At all national events, including national playoffs and national finals, the Quick Goal Coaches Corner will provide hospitality and social space for ECNL girls, ECNL boys, and collegiate coaches. Quick Goal will also be the presenting sponsor of the national championship winning ECNL Girls and ECNL Boys Coaches of the Year and the ECNL Girls and ECNL Boys 
goals of the year. Quick Goal looks forward to helping the ECNL continue to elevate the standards of youth soccer and provide more opportunities to players on and off the field in the coming years. Dr. Watson, you have presented multiple times at the ECNL Coaching Symposium and AGM. In your own words, what happens after you get done presenting and you stick around for the couple days that always make this event so great? Just as in last year, after I gave a talk here, I've been sort of stopped and had conversations with a ton of people since then, just in the hallways or outside of the meeting area, because it's. I think it touches on a lot of their experience and they're really interested in ways to participate and contribute to what we're doing and that I think is just the indication to me that we're on the right track that this collaborative effort has all the sort of pieces laid out to be successful because clubs are recognizing how vitally and important it is to address things like injuries and mental health issues and they're really motivated to do it and so hopefully by cooperatively working with the resources that you know I and my lab are able to bring and the league is able to provide and the clubs are able to bring that is sort of the perfect situation to try and develop something that really hasn't been done before. As you think about some of those constructive sidebars that happened after you spoke was there a certain topic or tone that kind of sums up uh, some of the meetings that you had? You know, it's, it's interesting. I would say one of the last slides I had up there was just this audience poll where I had laid out, I think, seven or eight different possible research areas that we could dedicate our time and our energy and our resources to as a league to try and get a sense of what are the priorities for coaches and clubs. Uh, and among those, I mean, it was a list that included everything from injury prevention to exercise physiology to nutrition but the two that were the most popular among the people that were watching the talk that they wanted us to spend time researching were mental health and sports psychology. So I think that and then the conversations that I had with people afterwards that are all sort of about how can we help players with mental health issues? How can we as coaches be better equipped to help athletes with mental health issues? To me, just sort of demonstrates the motivation that they have to help and the recognition that this is going to be a pervasive issue for years to come. We're here with Dr. Drew Watson. I do want to go back to kind of that heavy comment and question that I talked about, uh, you know, saves and, and if we just save one person. But if you could give us, you know, maybe three to five things that you should be looking for or that you want the clubs to be looking for to identify someone that might be in need of an intervention, what are some of those key points? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, what is one of the toughest things to do when you are a youth soccer coach that interacts with athletes in sort of the midst of recognizing that we're in a, we continue to be in a mental health epidemic, is it can be kind of overwhelming to imagine that a player is going to come to you with an issue and feeling like you don't know how to handle it or feeling that you constantly need to be on the lookout for things. But to me, the reality is that the biggest thing that we can do as soccer coaches interacting with athletes is simply lay the groundwork to have conversations with them about how they're doing, to create a space where it's normal for them to talk about the issues that they're having, whether they want to discuss it in a group or privately, and that you don't necessarily have to be an expert in this area to help somebody. What you really need to do is care. And if you care enough, you'll figure out a way to help. One of the things that I pointed at during the talk, the conversation you had with Ralph Richards about the most recent one about sort of navigating the psychological issues that his team was really confronting when they were the defending national championships and how simply having conversations with them 
facilitated addressing all of the things in and out of soccer that were impacting them so significantly and really was an integral part of their path to being defending and repeat national champions. And one of the things I talked about last year that I think, I think maybe allows a de greater degree of comfort and helps coaches feel equipped, we all the time as clubs develop relationships with physical therapy offices, for example. So when a player comes to us with an injured knee or a soft tissue injury or whatever, we know exactly where to send them if it's something that we don't feel like we can handle. We can set up the exact same relationship with sports psychology offices. ECNL athletes are what every sports psychologist wants to have as their patient group. And if clubs set up relationships with those sorts of organizations, then when you've created an environment where players feel comfortable coming to you and saying, I'm really having trouble with this, not only can you engage their family, but you can also potentially deliver them very quickly to somebody that can help them. So you don't have to be an expert. You just have to be in a position that you can direct them to the right place. And that sort of embedded structure in club operations, working with psychologists within the community, I think is a really simple way for clubs to not feel like they have to solve every mental health problem. They just have to make it make themselves a place where players would feel comfortable talking about what's going on with them and then helping them get into the hands of someone who can take care of them. I do have time for all day for you and, and for Ralph. I mean, I feel like he's a bright light and another bright light for the ECNL, don't you? Uh, yeah, Ralph's terrific. I've gotten to know him a little bit better over the last you know, few months in our interactions through the league and then in person here over the last couple of days. And he's clearly doing an amazing job. But more than that, he just seems to be a genuinely decent person and exactly the kind of individual you want to have working in an organization with you. Christian has talked a lot about you, you know, wanting to be a soccer coach first before you wanted to be a doctor, then you figured that out. But all of that kind of makes you fascinating in, in so many ways. And what is it about being the ECNL medical advisor that I feel like you have as much pride in that role as these big-time roles you have with Wisconsin and the Badgers and Forward Madison and everything else? Yeah, I, I touched on this a little bit this morning. I mean, my role with the ECNL is kind of the culmination of a lot of different things that I that I put a lot of value in. I mean, as I mentioned up there, I'm a pediatrician because I figured out pretty early in medicine that if you really want to help people, you get to them as early as you can in their lives. I'm a sports medicine doc because I think sports are just an incredibly powerful way to help the mental and physical health of children. I'm a scientist for about half of my job because I think if you really want to drive forward an area that you care about, you work to generate evidence that really informs the things that you do. But I've been a soccer player since I was like three, and I coached soccer on and off for the last like 26 years, including in the ECNL, and all those things really come together perfectly in what I do with the ECNL. And then you couple that with the fact that the ECNL wants to be sort of best practices in youth sports, not, not following or adopting youth best practices, but really becoming best practices. And the role of a big, broad in scope research program within that organization to collect data from its members, to deliver meaningful interventions back to its members, is sort of the way that all of the things that I care about come together so perfectly and why I spend so much time and so much attention around what I do with the ECNL. Great answer, and always enjoy having you on. You're welcome anytime. Thanks for all you do. You're a genuine person and obviously super talented. Uh, great to have you on, Dr. Drew.
Well, Dean, let me reflect a little bit of this back at you. I mean, I'm sort of a numbers guy, and I put up a lot of data and stuff like that. But I think what really moves the needle on a lot of the things we do are telling stories. And you do such a great job of engaging the people that come and meet with you to tell their story. I think that is as impactful or more so than anything else that I'm doing within the league. And so I'm really grateful to have the opportunity to talk with you every time I do. And I really am appreciative of all you do to try and give voices to the folks working within the ECNL. That means the world to me because I love hearing stories from great people and sharing them. So thank you so much. Yeah, my pleasure. Dr. Drew Watson following up Drew Breeze. What a great show. I want to thank all the great people at the ECNL, especially want to thank Ashley Willis, Blaine Fink, Andrea Wheeler, Ryan Bothman, all the great people that helped me at the ECNL Coaching Symposium and AGM and helped me each and every week. In fact, for each and every one of you, as well as my producer, Colin Thrash, I'm Dean Linke. We'll see you in two weeks for another edition of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Thanks for listening to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. For more information on the ECNL, visit us at www.theecnl.com. And if you have a suggestion for the show or a great idea for a guest, please email us at info at theecnl.com. Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast is an ECNL production. ECNL, more than a league.